0: Um, I want to thank Rabbi Zemworth and Nicola for arranging this series. Is there, is there anybody taking this? Because uh, atypically, uh, it's the first time not on Shabbos that I can remember in the last several years that I left home without my phone. Do you want to record it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. on. It's a Madrega. To leave home without a phone is a Madrega. And I reached that Madrega tonight. <laughs> uh, is is really it re- on? Tripping, it okay, <laughs> good, okay. Go ahead. And I just have to make sure the Rabbi Fleischman gets a copy afterwards. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right. So the um, the the, uh, the class as built is um, what we're trying to accomplish at, at the seder. Uh, as I have witnessed the um, sedarium of some uh, pretty significant and uh, great people in the in the Jewish world, um, and uh, that challenge that 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 title pr- uh, created a major challenge for me because I had to go back, first of all, many years. Baruch Hashem, i to be uh, with my father and mother at the Seder for many, many years. And Baruch was to have my father's father at, uh, be at their Seder many, many times. Have them here, I was there. And Baruch Hashem, I to be at the Rav Ruderman house Seder twice. And of course uh, of Weinberg, a number of times. So you know I've seen some uh, I've seen some very special people at a moment of, very, of great significance. And that's uh, as we know, shimush tamedi is uh, greater than limuda, meaning being in the presence of and uh, learning from the behaviors of tamedi Khamim is greater than actually learning because that's that is that's the greatest possible learning putting putting into effect nevertheless i have to tell you that the title and rabbi Zunworth himself where's always the it gave me a, it gave me many sleepless nights because uh, i have to tell you that i don't remember uh dramatic things uh, what i mean by that is that i remember specifically I'm getting to I'll get get to this in a, to the to context of this in a minute. I remember specifically being at the Rosh Hashivas, that's Zetzal. When I say that, I mean Robert that Zetzal's seder, and um, I was this young, uh, 23, 24 year old guy, trying to make him have the seder the way I thought it should go, uh, <laughs> and uh, he wasn't going to have any part of that. And he, the way he the way he did the seder was he went through the Hagada. And he performed the mitzvos as they came up in the Haggadah with great reverence, and with great, uh, with great uh, kavod, and with great kavana, uh, and solemnity. Not a lot of discussion. Not a lot of give and take. Certainly did not. Wasn't interested in any brisker Torah. He wasn't interested in any kashas, uh on the Haggadah. Uh and um, and uh, when I say wasn't interested, I shouldn't say that. I don't know if he was interested or not. All I know is that when I asked these questions, he did not have much to say about them and was interested in going on. Not to get it done, but because the, my questions didn't seem to be zach, as I say in Yiddish. They didn't seem to be on point. They were besides the point. And um, <clears throat> so what I do remember from Veshiva was his... His very meticulous care and very serious a uh, demeanor as he sat at the Seder not sad not distant but very very focused and very uh, just uh, yeah I remember feeling that he looked very much like he looked on Rosh Hashanah which is an interesting thing so that's that's one thing but what I remember from Rabbi Weinberg's that's most dramatically is the way that he ate matzah um, it's, it's uh, uh, I don't know how to say, I mean, I don't want to turn him into some kind of a saintly man who was removed from this world and had the Shaiches to uh, to normal, physical give and take with people. When it came to eating, chewing, and swallowing the matzah, um, he was clearly in a different world. is was clearly. Um, and this is a man who was able to kibbutz at the Seder, who was able to enjoy grandchildren on their level, not necessarily about the Seder, but just enjoying having them there. But when it came to Achilles Matzah, um, he was just in a different world. He, he would, he would uh, chew the matzah. Uh, evidently, he was careful to, uh, uh, this is not something I recommend to anybody halachically and practically. He would try to not swallow it bit by bit, but swallow the entire kazayas whole. Um, uh, when he would do that the, the entire time while he was reclining his eyes were closed or sometimes open but like looking up I'm just trying to capture the moment but it was clearly he was he had a kavana for the mitzvah but also I'm not sure what he was thinking but it was more than just I'm doing the mitzvah it was uh, it was an experience so that's what I remember um, obviously with Rev Weinberg any question you asked at the Seder would get an answer totally unexpected, totally taken in a different direction with Ruf Weinberg. It was never a question, first of all, the question always could be phrased better and differently, or it's a great question, but you missed the point, there's an even bigger question. That was the way it went with everything with him. So when you asked a question at the Seder, all you were doing was just trying to trigger him to talk, Hmm. uh, because the question would never be the right question. Uh, and I don't mean that he would correct you. He would just say, Ilan, you didn't ask it in the right place. Why didn't you ask this, uh, blah, 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 you know, or that kind of thing. And then he would build up the question and then uh, give give an answer. And sometimes the answer would be quite elaborate, and it would rework re- uh, the entire Haggadah. You know, if you asked a, a question that was uh, on the point, you would have a whole new view of the Haggadah. So that was Rabbi Weinberg. So So that's all I can tell you, okay? That's all I can tell you can tell you with my grandfather my father's father Joseph Feldman uh, one of the things that stuck out stuck out for me is that um, um, yeah after the Manishtana which he uh, insisted that we all say individually after the Manishtana he would have a say in Yiddish <coughs> um, translated father I asked you a question please give me an answer you would have to say that in Yiddish. Father, I asked you a question. Please give me an answer. And then he would say, it's uh, uh, He would make sure that the child would be would hear the answer. So each one of us had to ask the mashdana, and then we'd have to say that, and then he would give us the first sentence of the response, and then we'd be free to go on along our merry way. But the point is that that so that's one thing I remember from him um, very very specifically. Now I had to ask myself. I mean that's all. That's all I remember. I mean that's it. And you know, so it was 35, 40 years ago, but uh, 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 or more with you know, with my own grandfather. But what, why? Why is that all? So and that that really opened up a whole new world for me, uh, which I've kind of been thinking about anyway. But I rea- but I realized it with great impact. And so I would like to thank Rabbi Zenworth for asking for uh, posing the question of uh, you know. What uh, what we're trying to uh, accomplish at the seder, based on on the, the people that I've seen, because um, I can't tell you I can't tell you what they were trying to accomplish at the seder based on what I saw. I can just I told you what I what I observed, and why can't I? So I realized because I was watching them through the wrong eyes. I was using my limited eyes, and I was looking for things that. Um, that uh, weren't the point of the seder, and I was not looking for the things that were the point of the seder. So, uh, so you know, so Rosh Zatzal didn't answer my questions thoroughly, or you know, whatever, and I missed the whole point. I, in, in the process of not getting what I thought he should do for me, I didn't get what he was and who he was. Who he was. So I want to. Uh, uh, I, 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 I want to approach the Seder from a certain perspective. Um, <clears throat> first of all, we, we have a problem. And the problem is uh, all, the, all the Haggadahs. I Meaning the Haggadah itself is perfect. The Haggadah is really perfect. But all the new Haggadahs, the ones that our scroll is selling at 30% off right now, uh, and uh, all the other the ones that, that came out this year that didn't come out last year, and the older one, and the Brisker Haggadah, and the Arzei Halvanon Haggadah, and the second volume of the Arzei the Haggadah, uh, and the, you know, all the, and uh, Ravavadi Yosef's Haggadah, and Roshlom HaZalman Arba's Haggadah, all those Haggadahs, they are not supposed to be used at the Seder. They have nothing to do with what the Seder is about. They have used the Haggadah to stimulate very beautiful, wonderful Divrei Torah, and the point of the Seder is not to say Divrei Torah. The point of the Seder is not at all to say Divrei Torah. It's not even to analyze the structure of the Haggadah. That's not the point of the Seder. If you want to do that, it's great to do that. And during Shulchan Arech, when people usually are exhausted and the food is served and the conversation starts decaying into anything, <laughs> and it's amazing how we have a Yetzirah to say all kinds of Divrei Torah at a Halach Ma'anya and avadim Hayinu and Metchil of but then, when it comes to the opportunity to have free discussion at the seder, it seems to be a major yitzhahara to talk about anything but yitzias mitzrayim. So that's the time when you can say whatever d'var whatever kasha you have on carbon pesach, and whatever the Briska Rev says about the carbon pesach. That's wonderful. That's great. But the Haggadahs that we have mislead us into what's going on. The purpose of the seder is not to say d'var Torah, not even to say d'var Torah about yitzias mitzrayim. So as a matter of fact we know this from the Haggadah. The Haggadah says this emphatically at the beginning of the Haggadah. Kulanu Nivanim Mitzvah even if we are all wise and uh, scholarly and insightful it is a Mitzvah for us to relate the Yitzchia Mitzrayim now what does the Haggadah mean? right there the Haggadah is telling us that it is not about facts, it's not about information it's not about learning anything, because you know it already even if you know it all even if you're Rabbi Akiva even if you are the person that Moshe Rabbeinu thought should be the one to give the Torah and you're that person sitting at the Seder and you have nothing to learn in terms of information or knowledge, not even we could even venture to say no depth to gain that you don't already have that's not the point of the Seder. The point of, the point of the Seder is one thing and one thing alone. And I know it, it's, it's like it's hiding in plain sight. The point of the Seder is to bring God into earth. That's the point of the Seder. To presence HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. He exists anyway, but he doesn't exist in our life unless we talk about him created Yetzias Mitzrayim in order for us to be able to live in his presence by talking about Yetzias Mitzrayim to the point where it becomes part of us. Z- 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 Zecher Litzias Mitzrayim means like this. I just want to make this, this is a very important point. The, the memory is not what we're supposed to have. Jews don't have memory. We don't remember anything i don't care what all the lapels say we don't remember anything a jew who remembers something is not thinking jewish at all a jew is all the collective experiences of the jewish people that's what a jew is a jew doesn't remember things kosh Bechut doesn't say remember the time you stood at har sinai even though it seems to say that in english we say remember because we don't have a better word in hebrew We don't mean remember like, you know, you might forget to review it and memorize it until you keep on thinking about it. What it means is create a consciousness, expand your mind, expand your awareness of self to include standing at Harsinai as part of your existence, not something that you remember. For example, we all understand this. If somebody is an abuse victim, they grew up and they were abused. So they don't remember that they were abused. They are abuse and other things walking around. And everything that they do, their interactions, are collect, are, are, collect, are, are, are all of their memories and all of their experiences now. It's, there, it's who they are, right? It's not that it happened and now I can't re- forget about it. I can't let go. I can't I keep on recalling these old. It's not that at all. It's that that defines a memory. That's what a Kodesh Baruch Hu wants from us. Zeicher L'Tzias Mitzrayim He wants us to live as if we came out of Mitzrayim. So therefore, when the Haggadah says, for example, Chayav Adam L'Ros or according to the Rambam's notes, Chayav Adam L'Haros a person has to see, or a person has to show, display, Ki'il Atzmo Yatzmah Mitzrayim as if he himself left. The Haggadah is saying, now we're supposed to hypnotize ourselves till we finally fool ourselves into thinking that even though you know the mummies are already turned to dust, but somehow we came out of Mitzrayim and we uh, we feel that way because we decided to put ourselves in some altered state of consciousness. It's that we're supposed to understand that the events of Yitzchias Mitzrayim define who we are, which means that the events of Yitzchias Mitzrayim presents us to the existence of our Kadosh Baruch Hu so intimately. That that's who we have. That, that that that's who we are. That's what it means. That's what the Sheikh zehirus means. The six mitzvot that we're supposed to remember. The six things we have to remember. that Remember what Hashem did to Miriam. Doesn't mean remember like think about it. Like remember ancient history. It means understand that part of your consciousness includes the awareness that Hakadosh Baruch Hu responded to a form of lashon hara. Against Moshe Rabbeinu, and that should define the consciousness of a Jew, etc. We can develop each one of those uh, specifically, but the point here is that that's what a Baruch Hu wants from us at, at the uh, on Sefer Mitzrayim. Now, going back to the gedolim um, that I had the pleasure of being in the presence of, I would say that I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't looking for a Kodesh Baruch Hu. I was looking for information. I was looking for fascination. I was looking for stimulation. I was looking for deep insight. I was looking for, you know, amazing insights worthy of people of this great stature. And since I didn't get that, I didn't see what there was. What there was was individuals in the presence of a Kodesh Baruch Hu living the reality of Yes Mitzrayim. That I did, now through my mind's eye, I realized that that's what I was seeing. But I wasn't looking for that. And I wasn't valuing that. See, the intellectual stimulation of Akasha and Teretz, Akasha and Teretz, is a wonderful replacement of experiencing the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. On Pesach night, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Akasha and Teretz is a wonderful thing. It's Divrei Torah. It's the way, it's what Talmud Torah is all about. The mitzvah of Pesach night is not Talmud Torah. It is Zechira and Sipur. It's saying over that which you already know because you're not transmitting to yourself or to anybody else necessarily new information. What you're doing is getting connected and expanding your consciousness so that that when you finish with the Seder, you're a different person than you were when you started the Seder without knowing anything new because you absorbed into your reality how HaKadosh Baruch Hu in, lives in this world and the only reason he does live in this world is because we say that he does that's the whole point that's what Pesach is all about the mouth speaks the whole point is that by speaking by using language by using words we actually create the, the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our in our in our minds now th- this is what I'm saying sounds so obvious but I'm telling you it is radically different than our experience of starium and radically different than what we try to accomplish and radically different from what we're told and educated and I lay part of the problem at the feet of the day schools which are trying desperately to overcome the fact that we are a generation of orphans who don't have uh, collectively a generation of parents who had this experience of being in the presence of HaGadosh Baruch at the Seder. And therefore, we have to educate. So what do we do? We take kids, put them into school, whose parents don't know how to educate them. The school has to replace the parents. And therefore, the school started by teaching the Haggadah. I remember the model seders. I couldn't wait for all the grape juice in second grade <laughs> and third grade. I remember the model seders of the Hebrew Academy. And um, to me, the model Seder seemed a little odd because as I knew the Seder was going to be on pace of night. But the model Seder was fantastic because people didn't know how to have a Seder and they weren't going to have a normal Seder at home. Their parents were not knowledgeable at all. They might have spoken Yiddish, but they had no Messiah. Their parents were dead. Their parents were killed. I mean, it's just a normal thing. I remember growing up with friends who were totally, who ate milk and meat, who had, did not keep Shabbos, whose parents spoke Yiddish. And, um and who had no masara whatsoever they were not they, they were, they, that was the way it was and they came to yisker and they left right after on, 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 on the on eighth day of Pesach, and my father had to announce that Pesach isn't over till tonight and you can't eat chametz till not when chametz, when when is over but you have to wait till the end of uh end of the that was the, so that, that's what the day schools are overcoming somehow this expanded into uh, a reality that every single child in the Jewish nation comes to the Seder with one goal and that is to tell you what they already know and you have to sit there and not tell them anything you're not the author of the Messorah you're not a chain in the Messorah the child is a chain in the Messorah from his or her teacher that whatever his or her teacher got from their teacher uh, and for their Haggadahs and now in the child's uh, uh, goddess and the child is now telling everyone you have to sit there and rapt attention. now I have to tell you when I complained about this last year in a different context uh, from the Bhima, um <laughs> it was misunderstood by certain people in my family as I didn't enjoy my Seder I had my grandchildren in my <laughs> Seder and they came with great enthusiasm with Haggadahs that filled an entire suitcase in Southwest. Even Southwest (laughs) had to charge for the extra luggage just for the Haggadahs and whatever it is. And I had tremendous nachas, my wife and I did, for my children, including from the Japanese Manishtana that they said. It was beautiful, (laughs) wonderful. uh, But it wasn't what God had in mind, okay? It just wasn't what God had in mind. The children no longer, they're not even amazed by anything. They already know the answer to the question of why we dip twice, because we want to do something weird for the children to ask questions. But the children don't ask that question. They ask us why we, you know, and we're supposed to tell And then they go, so the whole thing is it. So I thought that maybe I'm I'm a radical and I don't get it, I'm a serapist. So Rabbi Foxbrunner discovered um, the, a footnote in the Emesli Yaakov on Shulchan Aruch. I just want to read you this over here. Um, he's, he's going on Shulchan Aruch where the Machaber says, that uh, you know, the next thing you're supposed to do at a certain stage in the Seder is and you should then say it in the language that that uh, women and children understand. Because especially in those days, women didn't necessarily understand Lashon Kodesh. Um, and uh, certainly the minors yet, didn't yet. So then the footnote says this. Iker Mitzvot Halayla. The main mitzvah of the night is The Torah uh, made incumbent on the father to tell his son Like the Ramam says It is not proper What the practice is nowadays that the men and female, male and female teachers teach in Charlotte School they teach the whole story of the Haggadah with all its details they <inaudible> teach the whole story of the Haggadah with all its details and then at the Seder, the son is teaching the father the opposite of what the Torah it would be so wonderful it's by the way of Yaakov Kamenetsky for those who don't realize the, the, the Yakov. so um, how wonderful it would be if they just teach what the Haggadah means and all other issues um, and with the, the parents will be telling their children at the time of saying the Haggadah the night of the Seder so he says in parentheses, it's hard to change the practice But he's a Tzadik Maybe this is concluded in what the Haggadah says Even if we all know everything, still, you know, maybe that's what's going on over here with the children coming to the Seder, filled with all these We now have three-dimensional Haggadahs with all kinds of, can actually reenact the Makos in the Haggadah. You can physically make blood, make pages bleed and stuff. I don't know how it happens, but it's, it's magic. Anyway, So anyway, so that's that's the thing. So the point is, that's just, a, it's not, I don't blame it The day schools. That's a mindset that we have. We adults have the same problem. We come to the Seder. I come to the, I, I take my two shelves of Haggadahs and I come to the Seder and say, who wants the brisker Haggadah? Who wants the Tursky? I got an addiction. Who wants to this? Who wants the Svasemis? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. And then you know, and then the You know, the, the, the recovering alcoholic says, "I'll take the Tursky one." And the, uh, the the guy from yeshiva says, "I'll take the Brisker one." And they're sitting at the seder and we're looking at the bottom of the thing of the commentary, trying to find Akasha that we just saw during the seder that has nothing to do with Seferim. and "It's beautiful, Divrei Torah. It's just not appropriate for the seder." So so the, the point is, what is appropriate? So here's the thing. This is, a, again, radical. In preparation before the Seder is great, because that way you can get all the different Torah, and you can get all the kavanas and all the intentions, and all the insights into the Seder. But that's not it. What's important is, where is God? That's it. That's what God wants. Where is God? The whole thing has to end up being, where is God? Meaning, whatever you're saying... Whatever's going on is all about, and you notice all the answers to all the four sons, every single one is about HaKadosh Baruch Hu Tukhaz Mitzrayim. It's not about any, anything, every single one. It's all about that. So where is God? That's the goal. So if you come into the Seder um, without having prepared yourself to be looking for God and talking about God, and talking about and making him real for yourself and the people around you then um, we have that then uh, it, it's not gonna work you'll have a Seder it'll be meaningful but it won't be the intention of the Seder so um, so I want to make a couple of observations here that are very I think very uh, very important um, Yitzias Mitzrayim is the basis for everything that we have in our Amunah every aspect of Amunah that we know of is encoded and embedded in Yetzirah Mitzrayim and therefore as we go through this story we see as we go through the Haggadah there's endless opportunities again it's not it's not even a question of saying something it's a question of how we are how we what our perspective is um, the Hakana for the for the Seder is critical meaning a person has to actually realize what's, what he's preparing himself for when he comes to the, to the Seder. So again, looking at the Divator, looking at the different Haggadahs, that's wonderful. To understand the organization of the Haggadah, the reasons for the Haggadah, the, 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 so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, the real preparation is getting oneself in a mindset where you're coming because you are enveloped by a sense that we are now going to live through an experience of connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and I would say even more than that. It, it, it sounds like apikarsis, but this is really what it is. Making HaKadosh Baruch Hu be here, where he isn't here without us. That's the whole point. Laman did, and it's very, it's a pasuk chumash. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that I'm going to do these miracles, and I'm going to do this to Mitzrayim. Laman tesapru, bin shalatim Mitzrayim in order for you to tell your children and your children's children and the ears of your children that how I played with Egypt, right? Vida temez kehani Hashem. And so that you will know that I am a Kadosh Baruch which means you end up absorbing a Yediyah, an intimate knowledge, Yediyah, an intimate connection to the reality of me, Hashem, being there by saying over the Sepreative uh, Sessahim to your children. So that's really what we're trying to do over here. Person's coming to like, we are. I would say this come to the Seder as if you are the only individual on the planet who is capable of transmitting the reality of a Kadash Baruchu to anybody else. Because, by the way, you are. For the people around you, you are maybe one of the only people in the world. And for some of you, you are the only person who can be responsible for transmitting the reality of a Kodesh Baruch Hu in our lives now as a mashkiach, as a one who is uh, the uh, the uh, divine providence who runs our lives now, who lives in our lives now. So you come to the Seder with the idea that that's it. Opportunities will come up all over the place. It doesn't mean you're not a normal person. It doesn't mean you're not relating to people. You're totally getting into their world. But the point is that you are... Um, that you are, you know what the point of the night is, and you know that what, at the end of the night you will discover Hakadosh Baruch Hu by having created Him in the there by talking about it. You're not saying necessarily anything new. You're saying what you already know, but before you say it, it's not real for you, and not just psychologically not real for you. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, and this is if you look at the Netziv. In in Parsha Shmos, at the Sneh, when, when Moshe Rabbeinu says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when they say, who, um, uh, who spoke to you, what's his name, what should I say? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, ekia Asher ekia I'm mispronouncing it. It's Ekiah Asher Ekiah. So the Nitzv says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I will be for them what they say about me. And as they continue to develop their understanding of me, that's what I'll be for them. That's unbelievable what the Nitziv is saying. If you look at the words carefully, the Nitziv is saying that the reality of him evolves for us. He is what he is, and he can't change. He has no changeability. He is, was, and will always be. But for us, he will change as we evolve in how we talk about him. And that's the whole point mm-hmm. of, uh, of Sipri and Siyas Mitzrayim. So I want to go through very quickly. What time is it? 9.30. Okay. So I want to go through very quickly. Um, the. Uh, this is based on what I've seen from Moshe Shapiro. Moshe Shapiro gave a series of, of, uh, of um, lectures on the Yud Ikrim that lasted probably about two years. Um, and they, uh, a sefer was written collecting these uh, shiurim, and he demonstrates very, very powerfully <coughs> how Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim contains all the Yud Ikrim, embedded in its Mitzrayim, and that the purpose of its Trium is to educate us in these 13 ikrim. Now these 13 ikrim are asserted by the Rambam in his Parash HaMishnayas, in the Mishnah Sanhedrin, where the Mishnah Sanhedrin says that uh, the following, uh, ha- loses his following Jew loses his Chelek L'Olam Haba, so the Rambam then takes the pains to describe what uh, a Jew has to believe, what are the basic principles, Yes, there are Machlachasim in the Rishonim. The truth is that they're not really Machlachasim in terms of the truth or not truth of these beliefs, uh, uh, but uh, even though some intellectuals would like to say so, um, but either way, the Rambam's 13 Ikram are Makobo by Klei Yisrael as the authoritative belief system that we are obligated to know about Akadosh Baruch and the way God wants to be known to us, right? I always point out that if you love somebody and they don't know you, the way you want to be known, then you got a, you got a problem in the relationship. HaKodesh Baruch Hu tells us what he wants us to know about him. So if we know about him in other ways, we're not relating to him the way he wants. We're relating to him the way we want, and we might not be relating to the God that really exists. We're relating to the God that we made up that's similar to the God that really exists. The God that really exists is defined by these 13 ikrim and that's how he wants us to know him. So these things are very important. So, they can be divided, first of all, into three aspects, I think we know this. The, the nature of God, that's number one. Number two, how He talks to us, how He communicates to us. And number three, who cares? What are the consequences of these things being true? That's called tzharanonesh. Those are the three divisions. The first five, I believe it is, the first five have to do with the nature of God, that He has, that he has no beginning and no end, that His own incorporeality, that He has no physical body um um <clears throat> that he is one um uh etc those are the na- those are the nature of that he, uh, that he uh that he is a creator he's the first cause of everything those are the nature of god the next three uh the next uh, principles deal with uh the torah min that the torah itself is complete that it is accurate that it comes from heaven that Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, it, that there's prophecy, that there's such a thing as prophecy, and the Moshe Ravenous prophecy is unique among all prophets uh, in terms of uh, quality and intimacy with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and then the last uh, s- uh, series deals with the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows all, reacts to all, rewards, and punishes uh, Mashiach and Tchiyas HaMesim, which is part of the Ramam system of reward and punishment. Mashiach is a national reward, and Tchiyas HaMesim certainly is the place where reward and punishment ultimately takes place when a person is recreated the way he was in this world and gets uh, gets consequences of how he lived this life. So all of those are embedded, believe it or not, in its Mitzrayim. And we know that that Itzies Mitzrayim is designed for us to teach us about God. How do we know that? Because the first sentence that God says directly, openly, powerfully, inescapably to every single Jew standing at Sinai is I am the God, what God, who took you out of Mitzrayim. In that sentence, HaKadosh says, look at Yetzirah Mitzrayim and you'll know me. I, that's my identification, my driver's license. My photo ID is Yetzirah Mitzrayim. I am the God who, who took out of Mitzrayim. Go look there and you'll get the whole thing. That's how it goes. So therefore, Pesach night, when we're understanding Yetzirah Mitzrayim, we're now unencoding we're trying to decipher the reality of a Baruch Hu, all those things so for for example it's obvious um, that a Baruch Hu is the all-powerful A Baruch Hu, the Makos are a sign of a Baruch Hu is the all-powerful that he has not limited by physicality because if he was limited by his physicality that means he is here and not there and therefore he can't control everything um, that he is a that he uh, that he is a uh, that the schar that and the fact that he afflicts the Egyptians and the Jews at the same moment, don't have that. That means that those who deserve a certain consequence get that consequence, those who deserve a different consequence get a different consequence. The schar and onesh. Mashiach, where's Mashiach in Yetzias Mitzrayim? This is an easy one and a tough one at the same time. Where's Mashiach in Yetzias Mitzrayim? Mashiach, first of all, um, the last sentence of the Shira that Klai Yisrael utters when they come out finally across the Yam Suf is Hashem yimloch le'olam Boed. and that means that even though right now we're redeemed from Egypt there's still a future that we haven't realized we're going to come into Eretz Yisrael and there's going to be a time when Hashem's malchus is known the whole world and that's the purpose of our Geulah from Yitzrayim is that Hashem should ultimately be known so that's Mashiach where is that? first of all the easy answer is from the first sentence of the shirah, and the, the, the way the shirah is written, it's in future tense, and Chazal say, why does it say, then Moshe will sing, and Moshe ben Israel will sing, and they say, from here we see, that not only did they sing then, but they will sing a Chiyas again, and that's a sign of Chiyas why is it embedded there? Because the whole point is, that the Geulah from Mitzrayim, was a national Chiyas we were basically dead, and the, the Geulah of Mitzrayim was an infusion of life into a dead people, a creation, literally yeshmei ayin, we were born again, that's the, we were given life, that's why um, uh, Mitzrayim is called the Gura Barzah so I'm going through very quickly because time is getting short, but all the, all the yesodos of how HaKadosh Baruch is to be known to human beings, Nevuas Moshe Rabbeinu, clearly that's uh, established in Mitzrayim, Kaddosh Baruch even says in Mitzrayim, it's fascinating Kaddosh says to Moshe at the snare. You know how they're going to know that in Mitzrayim what you did was as a representative of me? Because after you leave Mitzrayim, you're going to go and have Kabbalah Torah, and that's going to be the sign that in Mitzrayim you were sent, which means that Kabbalah Torah permanently embeds in our consciousness that Moshe was sent by Kaddish Baruchu in Mitzrayim. Right? So we have it sometimes reversed that we're leading up to getting a, getting a, a, a Kabbalah Torah. Kabbalah Torah was the Final affirmation of Moshe's Navios in Mitzrayim itself. So, again, you can go through and and, and uh, all the principles, and uh, it's a good thing to go through them beforehand. Just go through the principles of faith at the end of the sitter and get present to them. And then just come to the say there, knowing that a Hu's presence in our lives depends on our. Seeing him speaking him out and seeing it's yes, mitzrayim as the model for our constantly being involved. How it comes out, the point is you don't have to give mussar Muslim like I'm giving now about that. The point is it'll come out naturally, and you can still you can still indulge people who have divrei torah that are not on point. That's okay. Don't start correcting people. The point is that if you are a piece of uh, of awareness of a Baruch Barhu and belief in HaKadosh Baruch Barhu and looking for him and seeing him that's what will emerge from you at the Seder and, um, and, um, and the Seder will have accomplished its goal so all this comes from my recognition that I was functioning through a perspective that was uh, inaccurate and not useful for absorbing what these people were doing this used to come naturally to many of our, uh, to our of our holy ancestors, we have a major interruption uh, in our Messorah that we're trying to uh, that we're trying to fix. We're all in the same boat. So the point is that we who are Zohar, to understand what it is. The point of Yishtiyos we, we have an opportunity to really add a little bit of a of a uh, midcourse correction to what the Jewish people are um, are trying to do at Pesach night. The world literally depends on the starim going well. The world depends on the starim going well. The starim are the device that HaKadosh Baruch put into our lives in order to be able to relate to a Baruch the way he wants us to. So, uh, so it requires preparation and a proper mindset and a desire to uh, to stand for this uh, for our families and for our guests. All right. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you for your attention. Thank you. Where's the Hirosh of Moshe Shapiro? Where is it? There's, I have a circle of one person's. Uh